Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the no BS marketing podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. Marketers is still underestimating the power of investing in content. Today, I have one of the best content marketers in the biz, Ross Simmons, aka The Coolest School. He's the founder of Foundation, a content marketing agency. He's also one of the best creators to follow on social media. In this episode, we talk about why content marketing is like investing in the stock market, a marketing trend that marketers are overlooking, and why to work with creators. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Ross, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Number two, let's make it better than number one. I got some amazing love and feedback on the first episode. If folks haven't checked that out, definitely do a rewind and check it out. But uh, I'm excited to be back, Daniel. Thanks for having me. For those of the people who don't know who you are, could you give them a little blurb of who you are? How did you get into marketing? Definitely. So I'm a Canadian marketer. I'm born and raised in Canada on the East Coast, a small place called Nova Scotia. I have been in marketing for pretty much my whole life. I got into this industry kind of accidentally. I ran a fantasy football blog when I was in university. That blew my mind because I was able to get traffic from all over the world. And it ultimately gave me this insight that this internet thing might last. So I doubled down and I stopped kind of paying attention to all of the lectures about billboards and radio. And in my spare time, just studied the internet. Uh, Used that to kind of catapult myself into my first career, which was in the ad agency world. Left the ad agency world, got involved with a lot of startups, ran my own, um, then launched Foundation, which is a content marketing agency that services some of the fastest growing and industry leading B2B SaaS companies in the world. And we've been doing that since 2014. So in a nutshell, I'm a CEO, a founder, a marketer, a strategist, a dad, um, passionate Eagles football fan and uh, avid speaker as well. I wear a lot of hats. I love it. Yeah. If everybody's not following him, he has one of the coolest handles. It's actually, no pun intended, the coolest cool. So follow him on Twitter. But <laughs> I want to get into this topic. I know you're really passionate about treating content like it's an investment portfolio. Could you talk about how you think about this and how do you think about it like an investment portfolio? So one of the things that I have been blown away by is like over time, the longer I'm in this industry, the longer I'm in this game, the more opportunities that I see from content that I produced five years, eight years, 10 years ago. And what that kind of opened my eyes up to is the fact that content is very much just like investing. In an investment, when you make an investment in a stock, in a bond, in crypto, whatever it may be, the longer you're able to hold, typically you're going to see better returns. You're going to see better ROI. And with content, it actually works very similar. A piece of content that you produce today is going to actually generate more results for you two years from now than it will in the 24 hours in which you press publish. But for some reason, a lot of marketers have gotten to a point where we have fixated on this short-term thinking, where the day in which we press publish is the day in which we promote it. We don't promote it anymore. We don't talk about it anymore. And we expect that piece of content to generate ROI for us. But what you should be doing is continuously 
actually optimizing that content, distributing that content, and treating that content like a piece of an asset that you've invested in that should be paying you dividends long-term. And the way that you get those dividends out of that investment is to share it, is to optimize it, is to improve it, is to ensure that it has paid media behind it. Those are the things that you can do to ensure that you are generating results from the content that you're creating. And this mindset shift, this perspective is very important. I think when you look back into time and you look at 2008, it was a recession. That is kind of when I graduated and I came into the market and the stock market had completely tanked. That whole idea that yes, in that moment, the market was falling apart. In that moment, everything was chaos. Banks were getting shut down. Things were very, very bad. Companies were going bankrupt, etc. We all were faced with an opportunity. We were all faced with an opportunity that while everything was crashing to actually get involved in the market. And if you were one of those organizations that got involved in the market or one of those people that invested in the market at that time, over the last 20 or so years, 15 or so years, you have been able to see a significant amount of return. When you look at content, it looks the exact same way. Over time, the amount of people going to Google and looking for keywords that are associated with your industry, the amount of people who are signing up for accounts on YouTube, on TikTok, on LinkedIn, continue to rise every single year. So as a creator, as a marketer, we should be thinking long-term and recognizing that the earlier you can get in terms of creating things, distributing things, and publishing content, launching things, you have the opportunity to generate results. When you look at some of the most successful accounts on YouTube, you look at some of the most successful podcasts, you look at some of the most successful blogs, they don't always have the best content. But one of the things that they do have typically is lasting power where they have been there early, they were producing content consistently, and then you fast forward and everybody's thinking they got lucky, but in reality, they just got into the game earlier and they were able to generate results off of this. So as you said, I am super passionate about this concept and this idea. It's definitely something that I think more marketers need to be thinking about because it can give you the ability to really get out of in marketing this whole idea that marketing is a nice to have because what we do actually drives results. What we do can help an organization sustainably scale long-term and ultimately give them a significant amount of benefits. Whether it's in scalable landing pages, whether it's investing in content, whether it's investing in memes, whether it's investing in blog posts, you name it, every single piece of content that you can create is an investment. And when you have that mindset shift, it changes the entire game. I know that a lot of marketers, for example, don't know where to start. Like, how do you come up with an idea in place? Because like investing, there are better places to put your investment, more trustworthy, like the S&P 500. Yeah. And then there's crypto, the rest, maybe that could be TikTok for some brands, maybe it's something else. So how do you think about the stable content versus the more risky content that you could take as a marketer? Great question. So I think you have to think about it again, just like investments. And I'm glad that you made that comparison because some things that you invest in from a marketing standpoint are going to be extremely high risk, right? Like they can have high risk and some things can also be high risk with low returns. Some things could be medium risk with high returns. Some things could be low risk with high returns. So what you need to do is first get a sense from yourself around like, what is it that we're trying to do? 
What are we trying to accomplish? And in many ways, start to create an investment portfolio for your brand, or, and this can be from an individual standpoint or even from a company standpoint, but you wanna start thinking like, how should we be investing our content? How should we be investing our time or our money? Because those are the two things that you can essentially invest when it comes to content. You can invest your time or you can invest money in freelancers, et cetera, agency partners, all of those things. So from there, you then need to ask yourself, what are the goals that we're trying to have? Are we trying to unlock exponential growth? Are we in an industry? Are we in a market that is highly competitive where all of the keywords have already been taken by our competitors, where SEO has been cracked, everyone is already there, they're showing up, they're ranking, they're competing. Is it very competitive? If so, what you want to do is you actually want to find some of those channels where your competitors aren't spending time because it's on these channels where you will have the opportunity to be early. You will have the opportunity to generate results that your competitors are overlooking. So when you look at something like TikTok today and you see that a lot of B2B brands, a lot of SaaS brands are kind of ignoring it, not touching it, that to me presents opportunity. Is it risky? 100%. But if you can validate that your ideal audience, the people that you're trying to connect with, are spending time on this channel, then you have content user fit. And when you have content user fit, then all you need to do is start to study the behaviors around the types of content that this audience is engaged with. And what type of content do they love? You're gonna reverse engineer that, you're gonna study that. And what you're looking for is content market fit, content that you know on this channel is gonna resonate with your audience, that is gonna connect with them emotionally, that they're gonna share, that they're gonna like. And once you have that, you now know exactly what type of content you should be producing on that channel. Then you invest a portion of your content content engine bucket directly to that. So if you're investing, let's say 20% of your content marketing efforts to SEO and you're seeing no results, maybe you scale that down to 10% and you start to see an increase in the amount of content that you are investing in a more risky yet high growth opportunity channel. Now, someone who has already established themselves in the market might not need to look at a TikTok right away. That might not be something that they need to do because they have already established for themselves content investments that are generating results and they need to hold. They need to hold on for dear life in many ways around the landing pages, the keywords that they're ranking for, the sales enablement content that they've produced, some of that backlink content that they may have generated. They need to maintain some of that. So by reducing their investment in that, it actually would open them up to having an opportunity where competitors can start to poke holes into their competitive moat and the advantages that they've established. And that is why they may want to just play a more safer, conservative investment model. So long story getting a little bit longer, let me break it down to you one more way that I think a lot of your listeners will be able to resonate with. If you are 20 years old and you are fresh out of school or you're in school still, the Things that you should invest in are very different from somebody who is 85 years old and is thinking about kind of just like the end of their life and they're not in that kind of game where they know they have the next 60 years to kind of invest in play. You're gonna invest in different things. Depending on your goals, depending on your situation, depending on your company, depending on your your ecosystem, all of these different things, you're gonna make a different type of investment. If you're early on in terms of your company where you are still looking for product market fit, you might be going into a channel that can unlock exponential growth. But if you're an organization that has already scaled significantly, you have massive ROI, you're driving significant results, you might go into a more conservative approach where you're investing in SEO and sales enablement content because you're just trying to generate some revenue. Similarly, 
on a personal level, someone who is 85 might not touch crypto, but someone who's 20 probably could and be okay regardless of the volatility that happens in the next five years. Yeah, I love that point because I also think it's just like also who, which advice you listen to online of different types of people. Some people are talking because they are in startups and can give advice as a startup. And some people are from a Fortune 500. You can give advice of someone in a Fortune 500. But it's what you're saying about the different type of investing is so true. And I also think one of the greatest, one interesting question I have for you is like one of the greatest challenges of content is getting internal buy-in to actually do it. So how do you, when you go into companies or when you're talking to companies about actually putting this investment wheel and taking some of that budget that's going to, let's say, paid or somewhere to invest in content, how do you approach that internal business issue that a lot of marketers have? Great question. So when you think about it, Every single piece of content that you invest in is going to have some type of cost. It's going to have a dollar amount of cost or it's going to have a time investment cost. Once you think about it that way, it gives you a very clear understanding of what that investment is going to be. Then you want to have a dialogue with the client, the partner, the internal stakeholders around what the expected ROI is going to be over time. So if I'm talking to a client about SEO specific content, it's a very relatively straightforward conversation and it's rooted in data. What do I mean by that? Every time that someone goes to Google and they type in, let's say CRM, they are going to be met with ads and they're going to be met with organic results. To show up in Google for the phrase CRM, you're going to probably have to spend 60 to $70 per click. That's not cheap, especially when you consider there's probably 10,000, 20,000 searches for that a month. So when you multiply that 10,000 by 70, you're looking at nearly $700,000 on a monthly basis. So if I can create a piece of content for you that is $10,000, $5,000, $2,000 that ranks on the front page of Google for the phrase CRM, and you're able to generate, let's say a percentage of that $700,000 value that is going to Google every single day typing in CRM, it's very easy to say, look, this piece is going to cost you $2,500, $3,000, and you're going to rank on Google, blah, blah, blah. We have to optimize it every year. Let's say that's going to run us an average optimization cost over the course of the year of $7,500, dollars This piece could generate for you a savings of nearly... I don't know, $50,000 a month. That to the person you're talking to is going to open their eyes and make them say, I got it. I understand. So I can reduce my cost on PPC because I'm going to rank organically. That's a very straightforward and linear dialogue, especially when they start to see the ROI trickle in where that landing page is actually impacting the pipeline. That's when the dialogue changes completely. Now that's SEO side. When it comes to organic social, I think you do have to have a different type of a dialogue. I think you have to have a dialogue with your team at this point that's going to talk about the fact that the buying decisions and the buying behaviors of people today aren't as linear as they used to be. Back in the day, you show someone a TV ad, they watch the TV ad, they have no choice but to go and buy that thing because they don't get any other information. Maybe if they heard something on the radio, but we didn't have as much content that was being consumed on a regular basis. Because it's so non-linear today, what you then need to be thinking about from a 
like having this dialogue is what could the ROI be? How can we track it? How can we measure it? Is it measurable? And if it's not measurable, what is the more soft yet valuable implication of this investment? And it goes down the path of actually talking about the fact that brand makes everything easier. If you have a strong brand, it's going to reduce the cost per click on ads. If you have a strong brand, it's going to increase the amount of people going to Google and typing in your brand name. If you have a strong brand, it's going to increase the likelihood of you getting a high response rate to your BDRs, your SDRs, your AEs who are doing outreach to people on a daily basis. So then you're having that dialogue with your C-suite, with the executives on your team, and you're educating them to ensure that they know just like you do about the fact that this is truly an investment and there will be an ROI, but on the social side, it just might not be as linear as it typically is. That said, attribution has come a long way and you might be able to track some of it, but with the rise of dark social, as everyone knows, some of it is just simply impossible to measure and that's okay. It is okay to not see it because at the end of the day, it's going to show up in the bottom line and if you can't attribute it to anything, it's probably should be attributed to some type of branding, marketing, communication, or sales outbound efforts or something happened at an event, etc. I love the SEO conversation of reducing costs and I also think brand and social. I also think What's very interesting about that is it is a competitive advantage because a lot of marketers aren't thinking about, okay, brand long-term. So if you're on social and doing these things, it's competitive because tons of conversations go into invest, not investing in social. I've, I haven't asked this question I, and I, I've seen you talk about it a little bit, but with the rise of people trusting people more now over institutions. How do you think about the creator, investing in creators coming in the business now instead of just creating content internally? It's a fundamental shift that is actually rooted in some of the like old school, original, traditional ways of marketing and business. When you think back to the OG days of advertising and you look at some of the black and white TV, they would have product placements consistently with these like talk show hosts and the people who were on these shows, the soap operas, et cetera. They had all of these product placements. What that was is essentially embracing the idea of an individual and using that individual as the person who can be viewed as a trusted source to the eyes of millions. And in the world today, everyone has kind of gotten to a point where they have the opportunity to have their 15 seconds of fame, 15 minutes of fame. I forget the Andy Warhol quote, but it was something along that lines that in the future, everyone is going to have 15 seconds of fame. We're there. So creators now have the opportunity to build up a strong, trusted brand where people love them, people adore them, people trust them and care about them. And what brands have the opportunity to do is collaborate with these people and give them the opportunity to tell a story in a way that they know is going to resonate with their audience. We've been doing this at Foundation with partners for years now, where we have identified influencers in specific niches, ranging from industries that are as boring as dirt and industrial like sand, all the way through to traditional SaaS companies and helping them partner with Substacks and influencers on YouTube, etc. Those are opportunities that you can take advantage of as well. What you're doing is you're reaching out to these folks, you're building a relationship, you're looking to see, can I sponsor your newsletter? Can I sponsor your YouTube? Can I sponsor your TikTok? Or can I just empower you with our product so you can go out and create some amazing content and they will bring back some amazing assets. Now, here's what most agencies, most partners, most brands mess up with. 
They think that they know it all. They think that they know the influencer's audience more than the influencer does. And they put together a directive and they put together a, a description on this is exactly what you need to do. We want you to create a YouTube video like this. Instead of saying, you know your audience, this is what we want. If you can come up with a creative way to do that, we wanna work with you. When you have that dialogue instead, the ROI is typically through the roof because the creator has skin in the game, the creator knows their audience and they feel empowered to do something special and typically the results are amazing. So I think there's a ton of opportunities in the creator market for brands to partner with creators, but I also think there's an opportunity for brands to start viewing and empowering their people internally to also have their own voice. I believe truly that people do business with people. And when you can allow your people at your organization to have a voice on social, you don't slap their hands because they're putting up posts on LinkedIn, they're tweeting during office hours, whatever that may be. When you empower that and you embrace that, it's when magic happens. At Foundation, we give folks time to actually just amplify themselves, create content, tell stories, etc., because we want them to achieve their own personal goat, their own personal greatest of all time. And if they can do that by creating content and they leave foundation in two years, I don't really care. All I want people to do is live this life, have success, achieve their goals, whatever that may be. And along the way, if we can support them in having some fun and giving them the opportunity to create stuff and show their brilliance and genius, it's a win-win for everyone. I love that. And I love that foundation. And I just from talking to you a couple of times that you're always ahead of the curve of seeing something that people are seeing now that was you saw say five years ago what is something right now that you're seeing that a lot of markers aren't jumping on that's a hidden trend that right now that people should be jumping on discord right now is amazing and brands don't have a clue what to do with it because the messages are going like so rapid so quickly but if you can tap into it I'm seeing ridiculous, mind-blowing results on the back of it. Um, Discord communities are the next Facebook groups. And some people are listening to this and they're like, what, Facebook groups? I've been on Facebook groups for a while too. I think those are also a massive gold mine. But if I was to go niche and say like 10 years out, Discord communities is a major place that if I was to place my bets, it would be inside of those. I think the folks who can craft the understanding of how to moderate a Discord community and own a Discord community are sitting on a major skill set, a massive opportunity, and they are tapping into the next wave of internet culture because the way that I wrote on the internet 10 years ago is not the way that people are going to write on the internet in two years. It's completely different. The lingo is different. The acronyms are different. Discord communities are showing up in a meaningful way and the integrations that are coming onto that platform as well are just mind blowing to me. So I, I would say Discord is something that people need to keep an eye on. Um, and if I was 16, I would be all in on Discord. I love that. And I think I think as big of it is this texting culture that wasn't yeah. there. Also, one the point that you did make that's very crucial with the Discord is you have to go in it with doubling down and having moderators and having community managers. Otherwise, it can go badly very quickly if you don't there do that. Yeah, like you can't pull the old marketing tricks. Like you can't go into a Discord channel and just be like, 
here's a link, go read this. It doesn't work. Like it's not going to work. You have to be immersed into the community a bit, have a reason to be there. And then once you have that reason and people are starting to see like this person isn't just here to spam, you can unlock some amazing results on the back of it. And if you can be the owner of a Discord community, I think that's like the ultimate OG move right now, where if you own the community, like you're, you're set up well. Yeah. It's like uh Reddit on crack kind of. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. And I'm a huge Redditor as well. Yeah. I'm big on Reddit. I think a lot of brands still sleep on that, but I'd say Discord's the next one. Um, I know probably your answer to this, but what is a marketing hill that you would die on today? Like what is something that you're passionate about that you would die on? Right now. I'm confident that you're going to know my answer to this, but it is the fact that I think most people don't distribute their content enough. Most brands don't distribute their content enough. I think that it's the ultimate issue in the internet culture today. And it's not just brands, it's human beings as well. I know a lot of people who invest a lot into their personal brands, they press publish on a blog post and they don't share it more than once. And I think that's a mistake. I think a lot of people don't realize that there are billions of people in the world and that their content could help those people if they got out of their own way. But between imposter syndrome with the fear of being judged, the fear of being kind of unfollowed on social media, people are timid and afraid to promote their content. But you need to get over that. You need to recognize that at the end of the day, folks, we go through this life once. And if somebody unfollows you, it's not actually going to be something that you probably lose sleep over when you're about to take your last breath. So just promote that piece of content. Distribute that piece of content because one piece of content can fundamentally change your life. I can point to multiple pieces of content that I've created over the years that weeks after, months after, years after I reshared and I unlocked a new level, a new step, a new goal, and a new objective that I set for myself because I promoted some content. So I strongly encourage people to think about that deeply. Think about the fact that you should be distributing your content. If you want to learn about distributing your content, drop me a line. I'm happy to chat about it. Happy to share some links and resources as well. But there is nothing that I think is more underrated than distribution of content. I think we underestimate the power of it and more people and brands need to invest in it. I mean, I totally agree with you. I, even being a lone content creator for a while, I still have a pillar channels that I, I focus 100% on, but I, I know the power of taking just a simple screenshot and putting it on LinkedIn and seeing how that goes and how simple that yeah. could be. One of the things in, that we do, I like to do, and this is a, kind of a new thing in the Marketing Millennials podcast, but I like pumping up other creators, obviously, on the Marketing Millennials page. So I, I want to go into some questions about like, who right now is in, inspiring you in the space of content creation and content distribution? Who are you seeing that you, you look at and you, you admire in the space? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of some of the work that's being done by Christina Garnett. She's, um, I believe, at HubSpot. Uh, she does some amazing work in that regard. And I think one of the things that she does well is she amplifies the community. One of the things I've been talking a lot about lately is that I used to believe that it was educate con educational content, engaging content, entertaining content. That was all you had to do. But I'm realizing that another type of content that works really well is empowering content. And she does that um, with content excellence. So I've been a, a big fan of the work that she's been 
doing and putting out there. Um, I think uh, that's been just amazing to watch and, and witness. In addition to that, there's so many folks that I could kind of riff on that have done amazing work on social. I'm big on Twitter. Like that's my the place that I spend a lot of time like watching and studying. And the people who I'm seeing on there that are doing a lot of great content, there's a handful of them. Um, there's folks like... Justin, uh, what's it, Welsh? Justin oh, Welsh is crushing it. Great he's crushing. Yeah, he's crushing it with his content, doing some amazing stuff there. Uh, Joe Portsmouth is putting out some amazing content I've been noticing lately. Canar Bell is actually a foundation night, uh, but Canar has been putting out some amazing content. There's a lot of folks. Uh, Sheila Gonzalez, also great on social, does some amazing work. Um, Alex Garcia, I could riff on names for, for weeks here. Um, Caitlin Bourjoin, also a fellow Nova Scotian who's killing it on social. Uh, there's a lot of them. And I think if you honestly went through the folks that I follow on Twitter and just started to follow them, you would get a lot of great value into your feed. Um, but yeah, I think shout out to anyone really out there who is producing and creating content. I know I didn't name everyone who is doing some amazing work on social, but there's there's a ton and uh, I throw my hat out to all those who are creating and producing. Yeah, I plus one to all those people who you just said and probably everybody that you're following is probably someone good because you're really good at curating your feed. Appreciate it. I want to also ask a question. What's one thing someone starting out right now should start doing that you that you they will thank you five years later so i might go a bit against what typically is talked about here is it's usually marketing but i would encourage people to actually start using like a whoop which is this app uh, wristband thing that i have on my wrist that keeps track of my heart rate variability and it has been a game changer for me to ensure that i actually get a quality amount of sleep and to ensure that i am keeping track of the things that might throw my sleep off um, i always say search engine optimization amazing conversion rate optimization amazing but sleep optimization is the key and i know i'm also the biggest advocate in the world for working hard and hustling and putting in the work but when i hit i think it was 28 the whole idea of needing to sleep completely changed for me and the whoop has been amazing for giving me the ability to perform at a high level because it allows me to track my sleep make sure that i'm tracking my strain um it's amazing product and i would encourage people to watch their vitals i think it's uh, it's key i love that i mean i have an aura ring so i totally get that it's the first time where I'm, i actually say oh I actually should recover today. Oh, I actually could push right. it. I could actually push it a little harder today. And so I love that. And I think a lot of people sleep sleep on how much things externally affect your work today and the burnout. Some people, especially in the content game, a lot of people who are not successful are the ones who are burned out yeah. and don't figure out how to sustain the long, the long game of content. Exactly. You have to understand your body. You have to understand like who you are as a human, how you're made up. Like it's not, everyone is different. Like I think one of the coolest things that is going to come out of uh, science in the next few years is like how fundamentally different we all are, whether it's related to our gut bacteria, whether it's related to where we are, our environment, the amount of sun we get on a regular basis because of where we are. All of this stuff is fascinating to me. And I think you're right like you have to understand your situation and optimize it if you want to perform well in your work you're a high athlete you got this space but like at the end of the day 
it's just like athletics. Like you have to set yourself up for success. And the best way to do that is to really track and see how you're, how you're doing. If you want to perform well, um, it's important. You have to have your mind right to have your grind right is always uh, one of my sayings. I love it. I mean, they didn't have that information 10 years ago or 15 years ago when no. you were playing sports. And it was just like the only way you knew you were burning out is when you started feeling like you were burning out. That's I remember just crashing, just crashing and not knowing why, just being like, oh, it's that time of the, the quarter again where I just need to sleep all day and then get back to it. No recovery understanding, no strain understanding, none of that stuff, just pushing it, right? Um, but now we're at a point where like you can actually be you can feel good even after working like a, a full wild day um, because you're able to keep track of how things are going. One last question I have for you is what is advice that you get would give to a younger marketer starting out today? Someone starting out fresh out of college, what do you recommend they do? It's twofold. One, it would be be egoless. Um, the reason why my Twitter handle is the coolest cool was because I wanted to remind myself to, every single time I logged into any social network that I didn't need to be the coolest person. I didn't want to be try to be the coolest person, just pursue my passions and my interests. And that's what I why I set up that handle. And I think it's be egoless. And what that means is essentially like go into every interaction that you have on social with the idea that you can learn from the people who you're interacting with and that you're talking to. Try to give value, but recognize that you're still early in your career and look for opportunities to absorb as much as possible and then give it back in the future years. I would strongly encourage people to try to be like a sponge, absorb as much information as possible. Join every free Slack community, join every free Facebook group that you can, read every book that you can, read every thread, go deep into reading the sources of the threads that you have read and you will come out on top eventually. And I would strongly encourage folks to do that and make time for it. If you work a nine to five and you don't have the opportunity to invest in that type of thing right now during nine to five, make the time after hours, make the time on the weekends, be curious, be intentional with your effort because what you're doing is exactly what we talked about up front at this podcast, where we talked about making an investment. You can invest your time while you're young right now into learning and absorbing information on Discord, on Reddit, on Quora, on TikTok, etc., to become one of the brightest in the industry on that subject. And when you fast forward five years, you will be surprised how far ahead you are from everyone else who you are essentially going to be competing with for new jobs, for new opportunities, because you took the time to become obsessed and because you took the time to be curious. Of course, you still have to track your sleep. You still want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, but become obsessed and become involved deeply in the industry. I love that. And just, I mean, being an athlete, just one comparison that I would have is when you're starting out, the best the best players that I saw invested time, especially to see football and film and going the extra mile, getting with the older people learning, picking their brain, and they became like the best athletes that I know just because they spent time when they were a freshman doing all the things that other freshmen weren't doing. That's it. That's so key. Like study the game tape and there is game tape in our industry too. Like I can remember watching all of the keynotes from every 
inbound from every search love, from every MozCon, just studying how they were presenting. So I could eventually get on that stage and crush it and be one of the top five speakers. And it worked. It worked. You study the game, you learn from the greats, you emulate it, and you'll be able to create like the greats eventually as well. I love it. Great advice. One last thing is, how could people find you? How could people, what is something new you're working on? I want people to find the coolest cool. Yeah, definitely. So I'm on all of your various social media channels. I'm on Twitter at the coolest cool. I'm on LinkedIn. Look me up, Ross Simmons. Make sure that you let me know that you heard me on this podcast. Just in the note, I got thousands of requests. So just say that you heard me on the marketing millennials, et cetera, and I'll be sure to accept you there. Um, foundationinc.co is the company that I run. We are always on the hunt for ambitious, hungry, interesting marketers, people who love this stuff. So if you are on the hunt for your next gig. We're a fully remote company distributed all over the world. Definitely check out our careers page. Definitely consider applying. Um, no matter if you're a young marketing millennial or someone more senior in your career, we definitely would be happy to have a discussion and a conversation with you. Uh, so by all means, feel free to reach out. And then, uh, yeah, you can find me on the internet. I'm all over the place. Uh, I'm even on this TikTok thing. It might take you a while to find me, but I'm Ross.Simmons1 on there. I couldn't get the coolest cool. Somebody stole it before I could, but. Uh, uh, yeah, link up with me on any of those various channels. I'd love to uh, connect. And Daniel, thank you for having me on. I think uh, I mentioned it in our first episode and I'm going to mention it again, but the industry, the community, the marketing culture, et cetera, needs content like this. So my hat's off to you for creating this. You've done an amazing job building the community and putting the community first. So thank you for having me on and giving me the opportunity to share. I hope folks got a lot of value out of this. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I think you are one of the best to emulate and watch of creating content, distributing, repurposing. I see you all over the place. And that's, I mean, that's how you see him all over the place is because he repurposes content. So. That's it. That's it. The secret is out there. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.